Disney Roulette is a movie review podcast in which we discuss, in detail, the movies available on Disney's streaming service. In internet speak, that means, spoiler alert, you've been warned. Also, while Disney films are safe for the whole family to enjoy together, this show is not. Listener discretion is advised. All that said, let's do this shit. Hello, everyone, and welcome... Okay, hold on. This makes fart sounds. That's fun. (laughs) That's the chair, I swear. Welcome to Disney Plus Roulette, a magical movie review podcast. I'm your host, Kate. Now with extra foley, and I'm the wonderful husband, Bob. Yes, he is the wonderful husband, Bob. So, okay, so we're gonna go ahead and apologize about the lateness of this podcast. When we moved back home, I was really excited because I would have more downtime and be easier for me to post things on time. And didn't really think about the fact that Bob is also a part of this podcast and now he's the one driving an hour plus to work every day. So the situation's pretty much still the same. So listen, we're gonna post as fast as we can. Like, I just, just, if we give you a date, it's gonna be as close to that date as we can make happen. I, I don't know what to say. We'll get in a routine, I think. It's just new. Yeah. And this is a new studio and a new sound, and it will probably still evolve. This is still mostly a bare room, and uh, yeah, it, we're going we're gonna to go bigger and better eventually. It, yeah, oh. we're going to try to get some sound absorbers to put on the walls. I'm sure there's a technical term for that, but I don't know. Acoustic material? Yeah, that. That stuff. So, uh, okay, on to the news. All right, we've been gone for quite a while, so I have a long list of things that are now streaming. Here we go. Speed round, lightning round, here we go. For real. New episodes of Doug Days, Happier Than Ever, A Love Letter to Los Angeles, The Billie Eilish Concert Experience, X-Men The Dark Phoenix, Tomorrowland, Doogie Kamealoha MD has started, Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales, Just Beyond, Eight Stories from R.L. Stein. I really want to watch those. I those do look too. fun. Star Wars Visions. Has dropped and I am excited for it. I have lots of friends who have seen it. I've been told to watch out for episode three. We'll see what that is. Mm-hmm. Pardon the rubber sounds in the background. That's Evie playing with a toy. Better that than barking. Also, we have two new Pixar shorts, 20-something and Nona. The TV series Pepper Ann. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Among the Stars, which is a new original documentary series about space. Probably going to want to check that out. Descendants of the Royal Wedding. Confessions of a Shopaholic. Disney's Broadway hits at Royal Albert Hall. Spark Story, which is a documentary about the next generation of Pixar short makers. Star Wars Galaxy of Sounds. Maleficent. We're still going, people. I still have to see it. It's good. It's not great. It's good. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Road Chip, The Scariest Story Ever, A Mickey Mouse Halloween Spooktacular, 
Fauci, which is a National Geographic documentary about him. A remake of Under Wraps, the old Disney Channel original movie. They've done a new one that just came out. The Most Magical Story on Earth, 50 Years of Walt Disney World. Gonna have to watch the shit out of that. Impact with Gal Gadot. Mickey's Tale of Two Witches. And Marvel Studios Assembled on Black Widow. Whew. Okay, I lost it, and there we gotta watch. <laughs> yeah, it's a long list. We've not had a lot of spare time, and we'll be catching up. Heck, I haven't even touched the Mighty Duck series. Yeah, still. <laughs> All right, when it comes to coming soon, there's a animated Diary of a Wimpy Kid that is going to drop on December 3rd. They have announced there's going to be a new Proud Family series called The Proud Family Louder and Prouder that will debut next year. National Geographic docuseries with Will Smith called Welcome to Earth, which, god damn, that's the perfect name. <laughs> I, I So good. The silence is me <laughs> nodding with my arms crossed. It's just, yep. I was giddy when I saw the title of that. That's, yep. Uh, that starts streaming in December. The Book of Boba Fett drops December 29th. Woot! The Beatles Get Back, which is the, I think it's three-part docuseries directed by Peter Jackson. That's true. Freaking stoked about that. That drops on November 25th. Ooh, that's coming up. Ooh, right around Hawkeye. Uh-huh. And then they just announced Rise. It's a Disney Plus original movie, and it's going to be based on the real-life experiences of Milwaukee Bucks star Giannis Atatakumpo and his family, and that's going to debut in 2022. And he's an NBA star, right? Yes. Yes. They have announced Disney Plus Day, which I guess is their two-year anniversary of Disney Plus. And there's a lot of shit dropping on that. That is going to be November 12th. And on that day, we are going to get Marvel Studios Shang-Chi. Yep. I guess like just watching, oh, not yeah. premiere. It'll be just yeah. like Black Widow. Now that they're, they're showing in theaters, they have 45 days basically from the release to make as much money as possible. And then they'll drop to Disney Plus for free. Cool. Yeah, so Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Twelve Rings. Ten Rings? Jesus Christ. Wow! We are so early in the podcast, man. You, you should drink more. It's been a long weekend. <laughs> uh, okay, here I go. Oh, cheers, by the way. Mm-hmm. <coughs> oh, that's good. Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, November 12th. Also, Disney's Jungle Cruise, Home Sweet Home Alone, which is going to be a, obviously a new Home Alone movie. Disney's Olaf Presents... Disney and Pixar's Ciao Alberto, all new short from The Simpsons, the second season of The World According to Jeff Goldblum, a Star Wars special look, a Marvel special look, and more. I think the Marvel special look is going to be the slate for the next couple of years. Ah, that would make sense. Which is what I assume the Star Wars is what we're looking at is like Obi-Wan and Ahsoka and things like that and Boba Fett. Are you familiar with what Olaf Presents is? Is he, like, reenacting Disney movies or something? Kind of. He's kind of interrupting them, similar to what they did with the commercials for Lilo and Stitch. Mm. Okay. Okay. That could be fun. Mm-hmm. And then, listen, I had, I had written out all the Emmys that Disney Plus won. But they just nailed it. But they won a fuck ton of them. <laughs> so, if you really want to know, go look it up. But Mandalorian won, like, seven. WandaVision got three... Black as King got one, Secret of the Whales got Best Documentary, and Hamilton won two. So there's your <laughs> there's your Emmy update. If you want to find out what all the individual categories were, you look that up. I, I nod my cap. Well done, Disney. Yeah. 
All right, so that brings us to the Marvel Minute. What you got for us, Bob? Marvel Minute, uh, November 3rd, we have the Eternals dropping in movie theaters. Count your 45 days from that, and it'll be on Disney+. And huge news, like every other day, is dropping for Hawkeye, coming out the weekend of... November 24th. The day before Thanksgiving is what I was going for. But yes, November 24th. Yeah. You can't see it, but I'm doing a Hawkeye she, dance right now. She's doing such a dance. I've been looking into all of the speculation on that one, and the more I look into that, the more she should be happy dancing, because they're just delving into that Matt Fraction comic over and over like an ice cream scoop. You're basically going to get that comic, which you could My get. dream come true? Yeah, That's what I'm going to get? My dream basically. come true? Awesome. So, Perfect. And there's a crap ton coming for Spider-Man No Way Home. Someone just leaked their budget... And it will be the largest budgeted Spider-Man movie of all times. Well, no shit. They have to pay like 50 actors. <laughs> uh, just FYI, Spider-Man 3's budget was $250 million. Oh, yeah. I don't doubt for a second that they're going to go about that. So, yeah. Apparently it has blown that out of the water. Yeah. Great things coming down the pipe. And I, I am here for it. We did have the Marvel pushback of 2022. Uh, so everything is pushed back about a month-ish. It's a little over 40 days. I have the release dates for those. I can read those off for you. Yep, please. Uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness will be dropping on May 6th, 2022. Thor Love and Thunder, July 8th. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, November 11th. The Marvels, this makes me really sad, has been pushed all the way to 2023. That's going to be February 17th. And Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is going to be July 28th, 2023. Yep. We got a lot coming. It did get a little pushback. Luckily, this was not COVID-related. Theaters are, are humming, apparently, according to everybody. This was all based off of other movies had tried to compete with Marvel, which I think is dumb. So they just moved to better dates. Stupid. Well, it can't be all competition because Most a lot was. of them moved to the other movies' dates. They just shifted. Right. So, like, when Doctor Strange got pushed, they had to shift the other one to give this one its time without infringing on that one and any Disney Plus shows they have, and it's a strategic move. Right, but then the only competition they would have been avoiding would have been the first date, just Doctor Strange, because all the other ones are still Marvel release dates. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Yes. You're getting into minutiae. Listen, I'm mad. They pushed it back. I get it. They also... With all the Hawkeye business, they dropped the trailer. It looks amazing and so much fun. And the most wonderful time of the year. Uh-huh. It's like Christmassy, so now I have an excuse to watch it every Christmas. And there's a pizza dog with a hat. Yeah, they released the poster today, actually. So it was actually kind of nice that we recorded it a little bit late. They released the poster for it, and Pizza Dog is not only right there front and center with Clint and Kate, but he's also got a Santa hat, and it's very adorable. I'm very excited. We hit it twice now, so you you, you seem excited about this. Well, I really just had to circle back and highlight Pizza Dog. Yeah. It's important. Yeah, it's important business. All right, let's get into this drink. <laughs> let's get into this drink. I did this to myself. I don't like a Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. Bob loves a Bloody Mary. But listen... <sighs> The Muppets Haunted Mansion is co-hosted by Pepe the Prawn, and they kept making a big deal about him being a king prawn. They mentioned it multiple times. So that kind of got me thinking, like, prawn, Old Bay, and I was like, I bet you there's, like, an Old Bay Bloody Mary recipe. We we, we could rim it that way. 
Ew, I don't want to rim a whole bay. No, thank you. Oh, okay. Bob cooked up some shrimp in Old Bay, and the shrimp are skewered in the glass with a pickle spear, and we made a Bloody Mary. I say we. Bob made a Bloody Mary with lime gin and what's the we use mr and mrs t's old and spicy but due to your choice you know you do you if you want to make it extra spooky <laughs> haunted mansion i believe there is a ghost pepper vodka out there but specifically i love a lime gin in my bloody mary and i know that's not technically a bloody mary then but it's it's good she's i'm pretty sure i can't drink that whole thing oh darn i'll have to you know, you're gonna fall on that fall sword on for that me. Sword for okay. You. And just in case you're wondering, uh, what I did is put some thawed shrimp in a pan and put some olive oil in the pan, covered them in Old Bay and Cajun blackened season, a little salt and pepper, and then once they were done cooking, I fridged them to make them a little bit more of a cocktail shrimp. And yeah, unique taste to them. The shrimp dipped in the Bloody Mary. Thumbs up. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, let's get into some trivia. Dear Sweet Ed Asner, he makes a posthumous cameo as the ghost of Brother Claude, and this special is actually dedicated to him, and uh, I believe this was also his last performance. What? Yeah. It is the first Muppet special to feature Matt Vogel as Kermit. There's a lot of drama with the previous Kermit the Frog voice, Steve Whitmire. I didn't know about any of this. I kind of fell down a rabbit hole. So when they were filming the very short-lived... Muppets TV show that aired on ABC like a year or two ago. Not so good. From what I read, Steve Whitmire was really vocal about things that he thought were out of character for Kermit. You know, he's been voicing this character for decades. And if he felt that there was something that wasn't true to the character or something that Jim Henson wouldn't really approve of, he would speak up about it. And, uh, I don't hate that. Yeah. From the studio side, they said that he was Did very it. difficult to work with and was kind of making a hostile work environment, so, like, I, I don't know. But they let him go, and he was not only the voice of Kermit, but also the voice of Rizzo, which is why we don't have Rizzo co-hosting this with Gonzo like he would normally. Which makes me really sad, because Rizzo is, like, one of my favorite Muppets, I if not my most favorite. I thought of that halfway through this movie. I'm like, you know, maybe they're just trying to give Pepe his due, and Rizzo has... A Christmas Carol, so maybe they're you know trying to shift it a little bit to someone else. But long story short, this guy sucks. It just doesn't really sound like Kermit. Okay, I don't do an amazing Kermit, but I feel like I do a better Kermit than this guy. And I and I'm not even pushing for me. I'm just saying there's no one else in America that can do a better Kermit than this guy. Who did he sleep with to get this job? Well, simmer down, simmer down. He is one of the main Muppet guys. I don't care. He just had he his sucks. voiced Kermit. He sucks. Well, he didn't have to sleep with anyone to get the I, role. I, I, like, it, it just simmer hy- down. It is hyperbole. So, I don't want to bad talk the guy because he's a classic Muppet dude. It's not my favorite Kermit, but... And it's, like, noticeably... Not Kermit. Not Kermit. That's the thing. Like, I, I, I was talking, as I said before, talking hyperbole that, you know, how he got the job or whatever. I mean, I mean no disrespect in any past things that he has done, but don't cast him as Kermit if he can't do a Kermit. Yeah. It's not my favorite. Uh, the other trivia thing I have is that the address of the mansion is 924, which is a nod to Jim Henson's birthday, September 24th. All right. Let's get into the movie. So it opens up. 
and Gonzo and Pepe are in a limo. They've been invited by Gonzo's magician friend, the Great MacGuffin, to the Haunted Mansion, which is like <laughs> the fucking best name ever. That was honestly, I think, my favorite gag in the entire thing. Just the fact that they were invited by the Great MacGuffin. So good. And If he... for some reason you don't get that joke, a MacGuffin is a thing in a movie plot that moves the story along. It's the the thing you gotta go get. The idol that Indiana Jones has to retrieve. The the thing you gotta steal. Yeah. The thing that moves the plot but otherwise has no significance. real significance at all. Yeah. So that was super clever. Um, but yeah, Gonzo has been challenged to stay overnight at the Haunted Mansion. They get a call from Kermit at Kermit's Halloween party. <coughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> they chat with him a little bit. Yvette Nicole Brown is driving the limo, which makes me super happy. Yep. I love and adore her. She's a super fan of just everything, apparently. Yeah. So as they approach the mansion, there's a man in the graveyard with a dog. This is, of course, a nod to the man with the dog in the graveyard in the ride. The actor playing him is Darren Chris. Also love and adore him. Mm-hmm. And then he sings a song about the different headstones, and it's got all the different gags. You know, here lies dearly departed brother Fred, a great big rock fell on his head, that kind of stuff. And then we get a cameo from Ed Asner, and what's his name? The dude from Fresh Prince. Carlton. Yeah, um, Carlton. I can't remember his real name. Alfonso Riviera. Yes. And this song kind of transitions into... My favorite song in the park of Disney. Grim Grinning Ghost. Grim Grinning Ghost, and they come out to socialize. Yes, they do. So they go into the mansion, and they are greeted by Will Arnett, who greets them with, Welcome, foolish Muppets. I will be your ghost host. So we've gone beyond just... Doing a haunted Doing an homage to it, to maybe we're just gonna recite the script of the ride for half the movie. Yeah, yep. I don't know if I'm totally upset about it. I enjoy it as a way to get kids to love the Haunted Mansion. Because I will tell you that there are some kids out there that get taken to the Haunted Mansion and, and are too afraid, too scared. But I look at this as a as a way for them to kind of introduce it to them. Because now when a kid goes to Disney World or Disneyland and they see some of this stuff, they're going to associate it with that Muppet movie. I mean, I get that. That's a fair point. But as far as my personal enjoyment goes, <laughs> it's not really what I was looking for. Okay, well, let me put it this way. This was still better than the Eddie Murphy Haunted Mansion movie. We don't speak about that movie. <laughs> but my next note was, man, if this is a drinking game, it will fuck you up. Yeah. Like, if you just did a drink every, every time, time they referenced, you would just, it'd be a waterfall. You'd yeah. be drinking the whole time. I also noted at this point, everything is being filmed in front of a green screen, and there it's a lot of it. really obvious. I'm pretty sure the entire thing was filmed most of it was, In not, front of a green yeah. screen. And it just, you can tell... It, they didn't use the marble money, let's just put it that way. Yeah, and it just really kind of took me out of it a little bit. And I think it was especially disappointing for me because one of the reasons why I love Muppet Christmas Carol so much is the sets are mm-hmm. mind-blowing. They're the so set. detailed and they're beautiful. And this just all was very... Here's a JPEG of the Haunted Mansion wallpaper in the background. Like, it's... It, look, it looked very flat. Yeah. The most set stuff that we saw in this movie, in my opinion, is the graveyard. Yeah. After that, it was like, hey, I'm in an attic, which the attic, I think, was done later on. Yeah. Full set. But almost all of the stuff with Will Arnett, mm-hmm. green screen. 
So now the instrumental theme from the Haunted Mansion starts playing, as Will Arnett is warning them that if they don't survive the night, they have to stay there forever. Dun, dun, dun. And he even says, no flash pictures. Yeah. They are literally doing the script, reciting the script from the ride. And the worst part for me was, is they kept interrupting it. Like if had they just continued the script, I think I would have been less noticeable of it. But they kept interrupting it with these two other Muppets that they were interjecting. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. And like, and one would screw it up. It would be like, oh, 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 we're, we were early, or we didn't, oh, we didn't get that right, or you did it too many times, or. It just stopped the flow of the entire story every time. So they go into the infamous stretching room, and the portraits are the same, but the portraits are Muppets. So that was fun. Like, that's the kind of nod I'm looking for. Like, here's the portraits of the three dudes standing on top of each other, but they're all the Muppets now. That I was down for. Yeah, and then eventually they get to a point where, like, Sam the Eagle is one of the things in the background. That, you're right, that was what I was looking for out of this. And this scene is literally word for word. Oh, the stretching room? The stretching room. And I lied. This is my favorite gag in the whole fucking movie. In the ride, there is a big thunderclap, and then the ceiling becomes see-through, and you can see the silhouette of a body hanging from the ceiling. And there's a scream that they pump in that's supposed to be like a jump scare. They included that scream, but they made it a fucking screaming goat. Yup. They made a screaming goat Muppet. Muppet explicitly for this gag and that brings me immense joy in my heart i didn't really laugh much during this but that one made me laugh out loud i quite enjoyed the screaming goat at this point gonzo and pepe start walking the hallways and we're passing the portraits that show creepy faces when lightning strikes and the bat statues that are on all the stanchions of the ride we're literally going through the entire ride We see the Haunted Mansion wallpaper and the busts that look like they're rotating. Uh, The best thing about that is that Bunsen and Beaker were the busts, and I love them. So that was their little cameo. And they're like, oh, I thought we were going to have a bigger part in this movie. I really love both of them in this. Yeah. So Pepe ventures into the, quote, famous people's room, and John Stamos is in there, and he tells Pepe to lean in so he can tell him a secret. Then John Stamos turns into a creepy Muppet face, and Pepe tries to leave in a panic, but he's apparently entered a game of Pac-Man because he runs off of one side of the screen and just appears on the other side. (laughs) So then we go to the seance room, and Miss Piggy is playing the role of Madame Leota, and she's reciting her script from the ride, again. She's going by Madame Pigota, though, obviously. Obviously. In the ride, she, like summons all the ghosts to play music and there's harps and drums and things floating around the room and madame pagoda summons the muppet band playing all the yeah playing all the instruments so i thought that was a nice touch i love dr teeth and the entire ensemble to see him actually back in the movies was really nice to see so after miss piggy does her spiel a lady comes in and starts polishing madame pagoda's ball And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the lady who was the daughter of the original Madame Leota. And that is true. She's the daughter of Madame Leota and she is an Imagineer. I forgot to write her name down. Sorry, lady. But she's awesome. Yeah. She's in the Behind the Attraction episode of The Haunted Mansion on Disney+. Plus, So you can see more of her on that. Yeah. So Gonzo and Pepe reunite. They go back out to the hallway and Sweetums is... I love Sweetums. (laughs) Yeah. 
he's charging through the hall with a dining cart and them being barreled over by the dining cart transitions us into the ballroom scene from the ride complete with even the skulls floating up from the organ as it's being played the dueling portraits literally exactly from the ride and a ghost kermit is hosting a dinner show and this was an issue that i noted in my head why are there two Kermits? Why do we have two Kermits? <laughs> That's a very fair question, Bob. Because we already realized that we have crappy Kermit in this movie. So let's put two crappy Kermits in this movie. So Fonzie is the first act in the show, and he is playing the famous Hatbox Ghost from... Disneyland. Disneyland, yeah. And Statler and Waldorf are, of course, there, because anytime there's a performance, they have to be there to boo them. Which they do greatly. <laughs> boo them. I'll be here all night. So they are... All of your afterlife. <laughs> they are heckling him from their balcony seat, which is just a floating doom buggy, which is the car from the ride. They're just in a doom buggy floating in the air. Yep. And then we get another song. They are then told by Will Arnett to follow the floating candelabra to their next destination. And here I wrote, wow, they even have the audio that plays when the ride temporarily stops. Yep. Why? Literally, the, the thing that you don't want to hear as a ride person, because that means your ride is screwing up, that's the sound you hear. I could even get on board with it if they hadn't already been reciting so much of the ride script. If that had come out of left field, oh, that would have been really funny. Ugh, why? Just why? Hold on, I need real alcohol. That is real alcohol. Real alcohol that tastes good. Alcohol does not taste good in general. I mean, it does, but... Bite your tongue, heathen? If you're gonna say the quote, get it right. So the kitchen is much closer to where we record now, so our little time together has gotten shorter. So you'll have to speed read your therapy session with me today. So how are you feeling? How are things? Yeah? You missed us? I get it. I, I completely understand. But... Now that we're back, maybe you'll appreciate us a lot more. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. <sighs> that sounds conceited. Mostly because it is. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just stalling for time. Hi! Hi. I love you. I love you. I got rum and the apple pie baileys because I'm all basic bitch. Okay. So now... We are introduced to The Bride, who is being played by Taraji P. Henson, and she is complete with the red glowing heart and a fan blowing on her, just like in the ride. Pepe is immediately smitten, and she swoons him away from Gonzo. Meanwhile, Will Arnett challenges Gonzo to enter room 999, the only room no one has dared enter. The floating candelabra lights his way to the room. Taraji is now in a full-on wedding dress, she and Pepe are in the attic, and we have a recreation of the set from the ride. Which, like which you said, is, is like the only set in the entire movie. Right. <laughs> and it's complete with portraits of her and her dearly departed husbands. They sing a little song, and Taraji is like all in. She is playing to the back of the room and having a lot of fun. I really enjoyed her in this. I enjoyed her. I felt like this scene stalled the movie for me a little bit. I did feel like it carried on a little longer than it needed to. Yeah. But as they're singing, the ghosts of her exes appear and start alluding to their various demises, which all seem to involve an axe. 
for decapitation of some sort. Wait, what is the other sort of decapitation? Guillotine. Oh, okay. Falling elevator. Mm. This has turned into a fun game for me. Hold on. Wait, why are we thinking of, of ways to kill your husband? Listen, you're the one who asked me different ways to decapitate without an axe. That's true. Anyway, so we go back to Gonzo and he's in the hallway. We've got the bending doors and the d knocking door knockers from the ride. He gets to room 999, which of course is a nod to 999 Happy Haunts. But there's room for a thousand. That's true. There's room for one more. But when he goes in the door... The number plate flips over and it reads 666. Dun dun dun. Taraji is filling Pepe up with grapes that have spider legs coming out of them. And he starts to feel not so good. We go back to Gonzo. We're just going to kind of like bounce back and forth between Gonzo and Pepe for a hot minute. Gonzo comes across a mirror in the room and a green ghostly version of himself appears in the mirror and says a bunch of ominous shit. Green Gonzo tells him that everyone in the mansion is trapped there by their fears and asks Blue Gonzo what his biggest fears are. I have no fears. Yep. Gonzo's like, I literally shoot myself out of cannons for fun. So I don't know what you expect me to say. They call him the great Gonzo for some reason. And Green Gonzo suggests that maybe his fear is of being alone. And then Kermit's party appears in the mirror, but he can't get through to them. He's like banging on the glass and he can't talk to anybody. And then an old decrepit Gonzo shows up and gets him scared of never being able to leave. Okay, that is the creepiest Muppet of all times. That old Gonzo was horrible in my, like, it, it, really? that, that screwed me up. Like, I did More than not the like it. Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come? Yeah. Wow. Like, the thought of Ghost, Ghost of Christmas Yet to Come, it was bad. You know, he opens up the thing and it's, ah, it's a big scare. The, the, the nasty looking decrepit Gonzo was terrifying. There's no big scare in the Muppet one. No. He's just really creepy. He's got creepy fingers. But I think oh, there's... Yeah. I think theirs is still my favorite depiction of him. Oh, no, it's He's super great cool. depiction. Yeah. But definitely not as creepy as this absolutely destroyed Gonzo. Yeah. And Gonzo is also afraid that maybe his friends won't like him if he doesn't do the dangerous stunts. Like, maybe they only like him because he's cool and adventurous. It's true. And he's the most afraid that he'll never get to see his friends again. Poor Gonzo. When he comes to this realization, the door opens because he's faced his fears, and he runs out of the room. Will Arnett meets him in the hallway and congratulates him, but warns him that Pepe is going to be staying with them forever because he's about to get real hitched to a crazy dead lady. That's true. Gonzo is determined to save Pepe, but Will warns him that he only has until sunrise or he too will be stuck. The candelabra leads Gonzo and he starts hauling ass across the mansion. We cut back and forth between a wedding ceremony and Gonzo's journey. He starts making his way up a giant staircase to the attic and a creepy face appears in the darkness at the bottom of the stairwell. Gonzo reaches the top and leaps for the string that opens the attic but misses and falls into the mouth of the monster. But then gets blown back out like he was shot out of a cannon? Yep. Was there a cannon in the monster's mouth? I didn't understand. I don't know. I think we're not supposed to ask. Don't, don't, don't question yeah. the Muppets. He bursts into the attic, grabs Pepe, and they leap out of the window and crash back into the graveyard. And Darren Chris has made them headstones because he thought they were going to be dead. And he's like, oh, well, I guess I made these headstones for nothing. I guess 
I'll start over. Yeah. Right as they are about to leave the property, Will Arnett stops them and tells them that they've made it and they are free to go. And then he reveals himself to actually be the Great MacGuffin. I thought the Great MacGuffin was Gonzo's friend. I think he was like a magician that he admired. But he wouldn't know what he looked like? I think. There was like a mustache thing. Oh, he wore a mustache yeah. at the beginning as the, as the, what do they call them? The people on the ride who bring you in. Because he was wearing that costume as well. Yeah, the, um, Butler? oh shit, no. Uh, oh my god, I'm so ashamed. I have to look it up. Look it up! Oh, they're just called the servants. There you go. Hmm, okay. But in general, he looks like a butler. Yes. Until the end. Until the end. Yvette Nicole Brown pulls back up in the limo to give them a lift home. Taraji waves from the window. Hurry back! Hurry back! Just like the ride. They call Kermit and say they're on their way to the party, and he tells them to bring their friends. What friends? Oh, hey, the fucking hitchhiking ghosts are in the limo with them! And he's FaceTiming, so he could see them. Yes. And then the limo drives off, Dancing in the Moonlight starts playing, and then we have, like, a credit, not blooper reel, but they filmed, like, it's the, all the cast it, having a party singing the song. Yeah, it's the old school Muppet movie cameo montage yeah which i that part which was I, a fun time yeah i truly adored that part because it really did bring a nostalgia of things like the great muppet caper and the muppet movie and things like that so like it, it i think that part was well done it also yeah i enjoyed it it also showed me the fact that somewhere in there was pat sajak was a ghost yeah i think he was one of the graveyard ghosts but they just show him like really quickly yeah and that is the Muppets Haunted Mansion. Final thoughts, Bob. Where are you at? I mean, I, as a full-on production, it was meh. It was good. It was fine. For a kid, I think that's a great introduction. I think it's a good time. It was definitely geared towards kids more so than adults, which is fine. You know, Muppet Muppets always normally straddles that line a little bit more normally, but this one was definitely a little more kid-oriented. Yeah. I think it was pretty good it's definitely not something i would release to a theater and it's definitely more geared to disney world disneyland getting people to go to see the haunted mansion it's a promotion with the Muppets. yeah yeah it was i was pretty disappointed i'm not gonna lie most of the jokes fell flat they didn't even really try to come up with a story at all. Nope. They just kind of went the through ride. the ride. And it takes the fun of it being a nod to the ride out if they slap you in the face with it. Yeah. It's one thing to make reference to the ride or expand upon the ride and make it right. its own story. But this one was just the ride. Right. It's, of course, an hour-long special on Disney+. Plus. I don't expect the quality of Pirates of the Caribbean, but in Pirates of the Caribbean, you have stuff like... I can never remember the guy's name. The first mate who's, like, passed out drunk in the pile of pigs in the mud. Gibbs. That, Gibbs, yes. Like, that is a scene from the ride. Yeah. They're not like, hey, look! Look at this thing we did! We have the guy with the pigs! Like, it just happens in the movie. And for people who knew the ride, it was like, oh, that's a thing from the, the ride! The but right, but when just the entire thing is just literally reciting the, the script from the ride, yeah. it just drains all of the fun out of those nods to me. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, there, there I was, was a little disappointed. There was a screaming goat Muppet, though. I mean, 
Points for the screaming goat. He saved it a little bit for me. I'm not going to lie. It's pretty fucking funny. Yeah. All right. So that means it's time to rate. I think we're going to rate on a scale of one to five screaming goats. Mm. So on a scale of one to five screaming goats, what do you give the Muppets Haunted Mansion? It's a solid three right, for me. Like, it's a promotion. I know where I've rated other things on the scale. It's definitely not a Disney fe feature presentation. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's definitely not that. It's definitely not a Marvel movie. It's definitely not. But it is Muppets. And honestly, I would have given it higher. And I'm not trying to be a jerk to not on this. But, like, I love Muppets. I love it hardcore. The fact that Kermit, number one, was crappy and then had a dual role in it, which was weird. Like, it just didn't make sense with the story. Yeah. Like, Kermit was at home. Now we have a Kermit goat. Like, it just, it was weird. We didn't have a Kermit goat, we had a Kermit ghost, ghost but I'm, I'm really excited that you just said Kermit goat, because I'm picturing it in my head, and it looks awesome. <laughs> I raised my hands over my head. Yeah. <sighs> I think I'm going to go 2.5, and here's why. It had nothing to say. Yeah. Because... Even some of the really mediocre Disney Channel original movies at least had something to say. And there was something original about them. This was literally a cash grab with bare minimum effort. And I was, I was pretty disappointed. No, there was no bear in it. Yeah, the Muppet bear wasn't in yeah. it. You're right. Touche. So it wasn't even a bare minimum effort. Yeah. Bearless. <laughs> All right, Bob. We did have the Bolshevik muffin in it. I was happy with that. <laughs> we have to roll for our next feature, but we are going to do one more Halloween one. Okay. So I've got in front of me a list of the Halloween Ooh. things that we have available to us on Disney+. Plus. By the way, they have this list on the Disney Plus page on Facebook. If you want the Hallow Stream list that they're calling it, they posted it on September 8th. So that's the list that we're going to be rolling from. Uh, yeah, by the way, Dr. Teeth and the band, it, it has a name, and I'm blanking because I have alcohol, do Dancing in the Moonlight, and it was really well done in my opinion. Uh, that that also got me to the three. Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. And the Electric Mayhem. I, how did I, I had to know? Google it. Yep. Uh, all right, you ready? Ready. Number four. Number four is the 2012 release of Frankenweenie. Oh, interesting. I have actually not seen it. Me either. That one's full length, right? I think so, because I'm pretty sure it was a theatrical release. Yes, I think that's true. Okay. Uh, oh god, the dog dies. That's literally the point of the whole fucking movie, Bob. It gets brought back. <sighs> I'm mad at you. <laughs> Alright, well, we hope you guys join us in about two weeks for our next film review adventure where the dog fucking dies. <laughs> And brought back. <laughs> In the meantime, like us on Facebook at Disney Plus Roulette Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Disney Roulette. We're on Instagram and TikTok at Disney Roulette Pod. Or you can just shoot us an email the old-fashioned way at Disney Roulette Podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can donate at browsehousemedia.com, B-R-O-U-S-E, House Media. Or drop a rating and review on your podcast app of choice. It does help us. It does a lot. It really does. And remember, don't trust free cheese. But cheese. Don't trust it.